Hey guys, and welcome to The One Up Project. We're simplifying all things finance and lifestyle in a relaxed environment. It's all just a bit of fun, so be sure to keep listening and let the content be a catalyst for your own self-improvement. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The One Up Project. We're here again with Kate, um, and really looking forward to talk about savings today. So hi Kate, how are you today? Hi, so good. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. Um, so I guess we'll just get straight into it. And if you haven't listened to our other episode with Kate on insurance, make sure you check that one out first. For someone who is listening to this who is just starting from scratch with saving, where should they begin? Because it, I guess it can be such a huge um, thing to tackle in terms of how much and how you should go about doing it and are there the correct bank accounts or, you know, there's so many things. So what's the... What where should someone start when they're just beginning? Yeah, awesome, great question. Um, I guess the the first thing I'd say when you're thinking about saving um, is thinking about paying yourself first, and by that I just mean paying your future self with your savings. So we generally recommend setting up a separate savings account to start off with. And ideally one that will earn you a bit of interest, even if obviously at the moment it's only going to be a tiny amount. Um, but this this account should really be separate to your cash account so you can't access that money easily. Um, if you've kind of tried saving in the past and, you know, it's quite hard to get into a bit of a rhythm and it's very mm. easy to get into a habit of just sort of transferring that money back into your cash account. But if you can make it a little bit harder to access, I think that's a really good um, good way to do it. I think yeah. if you're if you're paid regularly, um, I'd set up an automatic payment for the day you get paid um, that goes straight into your savings account. Um, and the key being um, that that amount should really be realistic for your budget, um, which is kind of I guess a really a, a key step to figuring out kind of that that first approach to saving is how much can you realistically afford. Um, and having that really solid budget behind you. Um, there's a great budget tool on Sorted that I'd recommend if, if you're um, looking mm. to, to set one up um, and that can help you figure out a good amount to, to start off with with your savings. Yeah, yeah, I've used that budget tool too and it's so helpful and all the tools on the Sorted website are so helpful. Um, um, and we always hear about emergency funds so what is the importance of having an emergency fund and how should we go about creating that yeah so an, an emergency fund or we kind of refer to it as a safety net same same um it's kind of like it's a bit of a buffer um so that when you have a bit of an emergency um like an unexpected dentist bill or car repairs anything like that that you're already prepared and the key is that it, it means you don't have to go into debt to cover any of those surprise expenses. And the thing about the safety net or emergency fund is you don't really know the future. You don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know is that something will happen. <laughs> I'm not sure if you've experienced that, Sarah, but I just remember like when I was younger, you know, every week or every month something would crop up and I'd just be like, oh man, another thing yes. that I have to pay for. <laughs> and if you're yeah. not prepared for it, it's just chuck it on the credit card, go back into debt, and then you're spending, you're spending time kind of paying paying that off Um, whereas if you've got that buffer for those emergencies man it is so satisfying to be able to pay it off without going into debt Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. Like the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about that is car payments and like having to get a service or a WAF or something unexpected happens and you have to fork out like $700 or something and it's just so stressful. So yeah, I definitely think when it comes to things like that, emergency funds are so needed. Yeah. And we, you know, we sort of recommend starting with $1,000 for your safety net. And, you know, you can do that by selling stuff you don't need taking on a side hustle, cutting back on something, whatever it is, um, just getting $1,000 as soon as you possibly can. Um, and, and, you know, $1,000 is just a rough estimate. And I think that's a good one, particularly for if you own a car. And like you said, like, that's the that's the one that gets you every time. Um, mm. and, and look, once you've got that $1,000, you can kind of keep building from there. Um, and ultimately, I think a great goal to have is um, a safety net worth three months of expenses, which means you're covered for those bigger emergencies as well. Um, but it's okay if that takes a bit longer to build, um, just as long as you've got that that starter one grand safety yeah. net. Yeah, definitely. And like, as long as you're thinking about doing that as well. Um, I suppose it's all relevant to our personal situation as well in terms of how we go about doing this but is there a recommended way to budget or a right way to budget and like will a different method or I guess different values will come into how everyone does it yeah no you're absolutely right it's it's such a personal thing um and I think you just really need to jump in and give it a go to find out so you might try a couple of different strategies that um that don't necessarily work from you but then you stumble on one that turns out this is the one for you. Um, and as, as you said, um, and we talked about earlier, the sorted budgeting tools are a really popular digital version. Or you can have a quick Google and find some excellent spreadsheets that'll do all the calculations for you as well. And look, some prefer a pen and paper, which if that works for you, then absolutely, <laughs> it's a great approach. Um, I think if you've struggled to find a method that works for you, um, what I would recommend is that you start by tracking your spending for a month or so. I think that once you really understand super clearly where your money's going, you'll have all the right information that you need to build a spending plan or a budget that works. And I know, um, Sarah, you had Frances Cook on your podcast yeah. recently, and she mentioned um, when you make a note of how you feel after each purchase when you're tracking it. Mm. And I really totally advocate, advocate for that. I think it's such an excellent way to track whether you're sending your money where you want it to go. It's, it's so powerful. And if you combine this um, with a really good understanding of what's important to you and what makes you happy, um, I think that can, it's a really good foundation for setting up a budget that's actually going to be successful. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and above that, it should should be realistic and super easy to implement. Um, I think one of the greatest budgeting tips I ever received was um, having separate accounts for separate expenses. This was like such a a breakthrough for me like I've never considered it and it just changed my life <laughs> so like having a different account for rent for power for food for transport um and, and an account for um you know having a bit of fun and enjoying thing, the things that are most important to you like having coffee with your friends or whatever it might be um and I know for me mm. this really helped me to like look ahead and prepare for upcoming expenses like you know you you have a you have a car account and you're putting in $40 a paycheck or, or whatever that might be so when that we're in a fitness and the rego comes up like the money's the money's already there which sounds so mm. simple but um I just didn't know about it <laughs> oh I was just gonna say I know exactly what you're talking about because I 
also had that um, realization when I started separating, separating out money into different accounts. And it's like you had this money set aside for just, you know, weekly things um, like fun money I suppose going mm-hmm. out for dinner or whatever and then you realize oh you've got to pay for gas and there's not enough money within that oh but I've actually already set aside that money um in my you know a separate account for monthly or weekly expenses and it just takes a massive stress off you and it's like you don't even have to think about it and I think that's what a lot of people crave with um getting their money situation sorted is the ease of it because people can find it quite overwhelming so I think when you do things like that it's such a win for your future self because you don't even have to think about it it's already separated for you and you're adjusting to like the living means that you've created for yourself prior to that time a hundred percent and I think that point that you made there about stress is such a valid one because I think that um you know, when you're living paycheck to paycheck and, and you're doing all the things you want and you're getting by and when something comes up, you put it on the credit card, you know, you're living your life. And when you sort of transition to, you know, having a budget and separating out those expenses and, and having it set aside, like you said, like, oh, actually I've set aside that money for gas because, you know, I know that's coming up. You can't. It's, it's this relief, the sense of relief, and it's kind of a release of a stress that you don't necessarily, you you don't re- necessarily recognize when when yeah. you're in it. When you have that sort of underlying stress of like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna pay for gas? You know, how am I gonna go out with my friends and have a great time, but then still have the right amount left over for, you know, power or or groceries or whatever it might be. It's just this like incredible sense of well-being and spugness that I really yeah it has no monetary value like it just it's it's such a good feeling to to feel sorted like that I think yep totally and tracking your spending I, I honestly believe that the more you take control over your money situation the more invested you're going to feel in your own financial journey and probably the more successful it will be for you because you do feel like you hold some sort of control over what you're doing with your money a hundred percent. It's so empowering. And I think sometimes, you know, that whole, we're talking about how to get started and sometimes, you know, it can feel overwhelming, but part of that overwhelm is kind of the fear of the unknown. Mm. Whereas as soon as you kind of, you actually track it and you know what's happening, you know, you're eliminating that fear. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Definitely agree. Um, and how should we break down our pay to save effectively? Um, everyone's going to be different for this, I think. Um, and that's when that budget comes in really handy because you can use it to identify all of your fixed yearly expenses and your variable expenses. Um, so one way to do it um, is to look at, for example, if you're looking at your fixed yearly expenses, um, you'll come out with a number Um, And if you divide that number by your pay frequency, then you can make sure you're setting the correct amount aside every pay that will cover you for your fixed costs as they come up throughout the year. Um, There are, you know, there are a couple of rules of thumbs out, rules of thumb out there, like the um, 50, 30, 20 rule, um, which is, you know, 50% on needs, 30% on wants and 20% on savings. But look, it's, it's absolutely going to depend on your situation and, and what works for you. And it's going to change depending on your life circumstances. And that's why your budget really needs to be flexible as well, because it's going to need to change and um, adapt to, to what's going on in your life 
at that time. So yeah, at, too individual to have a <laughs> have a straight answer to that one. Yeah, for sure. And more relevant to students who um, are ch- trying to save with a part-time job or they're already getting themselves into debt, um, what are some suggestions for those people on how to prioritise saving? Yeah, totally. And it can feel super hard. Um, and yeah, that's such a tricky one. I, I do think that whole paying yourself first is such a helpful concept and just tucking it away automatically before you even notice it. And a great example of that is your KiwiSaver. So that's coming out automatically from your paycheck and you just you don't miss it because you can't. Like it's just, it happens and it's done. And then in the background, this KiwiSaver balance is growing and is going to make um, allow you to be able to achieve some great things later down the track, like maybe your first home or, or having a comfortable retirement. So if you look at it that way, it's just, but maybe for kind of smaller goals, you know, like um, maybe you want to do a road trip over Christmas or maybe you're saving up for a computer, whatever it might be, um, that that little and long, a little bit aside each payday that that you can kind of justify yourself to, to fit into your paycheck. Um, I think that's making it automatic, you know. I think that's sort of mm-hmm. some of the keys to to do it. And, and you know, prioritising it. Like it's sometimes it can feel quite hard when you're just, you know, you're studying and you're working hard and life's busy and this is another thing to think about. And, again, that's when making it automatic can be super great because you just sit and forget and it just grows in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think a big part of it as well is probably just building those habits because, like you say, you know, you it, it is a long-term gain because you might see a tiny amount being put away each week and think it's making – no difference, but at the end of the day, um, it is you got to have that long term mindset with it and realize that when you start now, you're building up your habits and ability to prioritize this going forward, so that when you do come into a bit more money after uni or whatever, um, you still have that, like you say, as an automatic thing that happens each week or month, um, depending on when you get paid. Totally, and one of the things that really resonated with me was that saying. Um, you know, next year you'll wish you started you started today. And that, mm. <laughs> I remember the first time I heard it, and I was like, "Oh, I really do. I really do wish that I had started earlier." <laughs> yeah, and it's always the case, isn't it, with everything? Like you, you're always not thinking about it or worried to do something, and then it's not until you're right into it that you just think, oh, "I wish I had started earlier." <laughs> Same thing with like investing as well, and so. Yeah, it's always best to just jump into it, I think. Totally. And that's why your podcast is so awesome, Sarah. It's like thinking about these <laughs> things like at the beginning and getting it sorted. Like it's such a it's such an empowering thing that you're doing. It's really, really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's it is about just I guess helping people to make that connection earlier because I totally get it. It's not something that we even want to think about because it seems like this huge thing. But I mean it, it really, at the end of the day, can be broken down into such small steps. Totally. And also, just while I'm thinking of it, have you seen that Nigel Ladder video on compound interest? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's um, When you're young, it is just the most wonderful thing to see. And when you're a bit older, it's um, quite depressing. But <laughs> it's, just, it's just the illustration of if you start putting away a little bit when you're younger and then you stop, let's say, when you're I don't know, 25, you stop saving at that point. And then if someone else say, so the, the example is a daughter and, and her mum. So the, the daughter saves 
from aged, I don't know, I think it's like 10 to 20 or I can't remember the details. And then the mum starts from sort of 35 to 40 and they save, mm. the mum is saving more per week for a longer time and the, the young girl is saving a small amount for a shorter time. And when they get, like when they hit 65, the daughter has hundreds of thousands more just from yeah. that power of compound interest over time and what a huge yeah. impact that has on your savings. So yeah. for anyone listening, if you don't edit out this huge ramble. <laughs> no. no, I love it. Um, absolutely. Check out the, um, the Nigel Ladder video on compounding interest just for a bit of motivation and um, inspiration on the importance of starting early. That little and long is so key. Yeah, no, totally agree. We'll definitely have to um, check that out because I I think something else that Francis touched on in the episode was talking about how um, what the small amount you're putting away now, like in future, could be worth so much more, but you only see it for its value in the moment. And, and yeah, it, it really does show that those sorts of things, like your biggest asset a lot of the time is time. And as young people, we have got that time, so we need to utilize it. <laughs> so, so true. So true. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I always have been confused on, and I think this is going to be a good question for a lot of people, is are there specific bank accounts we should be having? And is there like an ideal amount of accounts or how should we have a look at that with our bank? Yeah, cool. Um, look, again, everyone's different and, and it's going to change throughout your journey. Um, I think I got up to about 10 or 12 at one point when I found out about this amazing strategy, um, which I think is, you know, it's possibly a bit overkill. Um, (laughs) But I think, and look, I can only speak from experience because I think when it comes to your money system, which is kind of what what we refer to it as, it's just, it's got to work for you in your situation. Um, my approach now is that I have all my income going into one account with no FPOS access and then I have like a specified amount that I'll pop into my um, FPOS cash account um, that's for like food and fun um, and you know I've got money going into bills for a bills account and so that that sort of setup that really simple setup is totally automated so I don't have to think about it and, you know, once I go through that weekly allowance and, like, once I got used to that amount, it seems to be working pretty well. Um, yeah, so, again, there's so many different ways to slice it. Um, and, you know, you might you might try one way and find that it's not really working for you, so just adjust it. Um, but the cool thing, I think, um, about banks nowadays is that you can, generally speaking, I think, open up a number of different accounts that you're not having to pay fees on and you can sort of monitor them through the, the online app. Um, yeah. So I guess my advice is just, yeah, whatever whatever works for you, but definitely recommend separating out some of those um, those key kind of expenses, you know, your safety net, um, your yearly expenses, which might be your car or whatever. That can be a really helpful way to budget. Mm, yeah, you're exactly right. And what do you think is the key to being a successful saver? Yeah, I think um, little and long, <laughs> as we've talked about, is so key. Mm. Um, and also to keep growing your savings with your salary and lifestyle. I think it's really easy, you know, as your career, career progresses and your salary might increase, your lifestyle can really inflate as well to match. Um, mm. And I think, you know, that 
you can do that to an extent. I think that's that's important to to celebrate and, and to enjoy, you know, working hard and and enjoying the benefits of that. But um, you can kind of balance that out as well. Um, I think as well, not comparing yourselves to other people in terms of what you own. Um, so you're not what you own. What you own. Um, I think sometimes it can feel like you know everyone's living this amazing life and traveling and buying new stuff. Um, but if at the end of the day, if you're buying that stuff on credit or not making process uh, progress with your savings, you're not going to feel super, I guess, empowered about your money. Like that underlying stress mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier, I think that's not going to go away. Um, and it's it's kind of weird, but that growing your savings, it's just such a, like it sounds so nerdy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's such a powerful tool for well-being. And it's so motivating, I think. Once you start, and and the trick is, just you know, just start. <laughs> yeah, and I think that builds your capability to be a better saver as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I always hear people to your first point talk about how you should try, if you can, live below your means um, while you're increasing salary. If you want to try and I suppose get yourself used to. Um, saving that money because it can be so tempting when you come into a salary increase or whatever it is and um you think oh great so now my lifestyle can change but sometimes it might be more beneficial to just try and live within the same means that you had previously if it if that's what makes you happy um and then you'll end up more I suppose benefiting financially later on because you're so used to living in your previous means um and in terms of the comparison thing I totally agree with you and I think you also never really know someone's personal situation someone that might seem like they're flourishing on the outside it might actually be completely different when you get to know them so always focus on what you're doing and your own progress and as long as you're beating yourself at your own game then that's all that matters yeah, absolutely. And I think if you've if you've set up your budget based on, you know, your money tracking, based on your actual numbers and based mm. on what's important to you and what, what are those key special things in your life that you really need to account for in your budget, if you've set that up really well, when when your salary does increase, you know, as you say, like you're already covered for all those great things in your life. So yeah. it, it may be... If you if you've got that sorted, it might be easier to um to not sort of inflate <laughs> too mm. much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and from that, how do you think that we develop positive money habits and mindsets? Um, I definitely think talk about it, learn from others, start early, use the sorted website. There's some great stuff on there. Um, and definitely, I think linking your habits to what's important to you so for me it's just knowing that I'm covered I've got the safety net I've budgeted for gifts um, and I feel like this provides a lot of well-being um, that encourages um, keeping those positive money habits Mm, yeah I totally agree with you Um, and I mean I suppose you can when it comes to creating effective savings goals for ourselves we can think of smart goals but what do you think is like the best way to actually create effective savings goals that will work yeah I think I think linking it to things that really motivate you things that you're really excited about um or really looking forward to um another another way to frame it up um that I've seen be super effective is thinking about 
what you want to be, what you want to have and what you want to do in the next five years and writing Mm. it down and then thinking about what you want to be, have and do in the next 10 years and writing that down and then do it for 20 years. Um, I'd never had it framed that way before and I'd never really thought about my future before. Um, like it can be quite hard to, I think, you know, you can set a savings goal for, for going on holiday or, or buying a phone or whatever that might be. And I think that's a really good place to start. But if you're looking at that savings journey and growing growing savings over the long term, um, I found that to be a really um, powerful exercise. And, yeah. and then sort of looking at what those things are that you want to be, have and do and how about and thinking about how you would be able to afford those things. And I think you'll have different approaches for each of the goals. Um, so some things you might be able to achieve with savings, but then for others that maybe are a bit um, further out, a bit more over the long term, you might want to look at maybe investing as a way to um, to work towards those goals if they're like 10 years away. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then I think that ties into how you think about it in terms of your money mindset, because if you – link it up to things that you're really you really value and you you feel connected to then it'll mean something to you to achieve those goals as well um and what should we keep in mind to not be overwhelmed by our finances because I feel money and stress just go hand in hand sometimes (laughs) they it definitely definitely does um and I think you know I mentioned before the fear of the unknown and I think that's a really big one um and if you I think you know, when we talk to people, one of the um, biggest challenges with money is, you know, you don't know where it's going. You know, you look at your bank account in in sort of a week or, or two weeks and you're just like, where did, where did the money go? <laughs> yeah. But I think if you start with that tracking, that spending diary and tracking your emotions as well, as we talked about as, um, earlier, I think you'll start to see exactly where it's going. And just that awareness, I think can really help you to make some active choices about whether whether you want to be spending money on those things, whether that, that feels good to you or whether maybe that's something that you could actually direct towards savings instead. Mm, mm, yeah, I definitely agree. And lastly, what practical things could we do right now to get on top of our saving situations? Yeah, I think... Um, I think just start that little and long concept that we talked about just a little bit each day um, or a little bit each pay. Um, it, it really does add up. Um, and as we also talked about as well, next year you'll wish you started today. <laughs> so yeah. get started, make it automatic, take the um, take the stress out of it. Um, and I think, you know, you'll look back and you'll just be so grateful Um for for setting up those habits and getting started with your saving um it means your future self can yolo as well as today's self (laughs) yeah I totally agree with that and I think getting started is just so important and finding those areas of weakness um working out how you can improve those and coming back to resources like the sorted website or this podcast and working out what's going to be relevant to that um to help you improve it um and then that'll play on to reducing stress and it just helps everyone out in the long term so I think you're so right there and thank you so much again Kate for coming on I've really appreciated your time thanks so much for having me
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you were able to take something valuable away. Um, be sure to subscribe and keep up with the socials for further episodes at The One Up Project, and I'll catch you on the next one.